Hi, and welcome to the Rabin New Testament Church podcast. You are about to hear a powerful message. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message today. I want to go over a real quick announcement. There will be no church services uh, Sunday, July the 5th. That would be the next Sunday coming up. won't be no uh, morning nor night service during that, uh, that Sunday period right there. We pray that everyone has a safe and enjoyable July the 4th weekend during that time. I want to come to you tonight for any uh, prayer requests, spoken prayer requests that you might have. Or Jimmy. You and your dog. Yeah, pray for Tabitha. Yep. Yep. Any other uh, prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Sister Regina's son and daughter. Amen. Gladys and Robert. Pray for that situation as well. That God intervene in that situation. Any other prayer requests tonight? Be made known. Continue to pray for the uh, the uh, lady I called out this morning. Is one a guy that I had uh, got acquainted with in um, Pennsylvania. Um, his wife was terminal, and I told him we would uh, we would say a prayer just because man says that she's terminal. You know, my God can intervene in that situation. My God can intervene if he sees fit. He can raise her up. He can raise her up. I know he can do it. Also, remember uh, Johnny Raymer, Ginger Raymer, their situation. Remember uh, all those uh, young people that uh, were in the wreck uh, last week, and I think there's been another wreck today um, up in Scambia County or Monroe County and uh, some, some people that we know. Um, so just keep those families in prayer as well. Remember them whenever you pray. Any other spoken prayer requests tonight? That's right. All of a sudden, there was a great calm that took over. I went in the house, and they were in the bathroom seeking God and praying and seeking yeah. God. God, God uh, spared us again. God was there. Amen. Us. And Brother Rich said he, he, he just saw, he knew it was the hand of God. You know, it's one of those big signs off about 20 feet up high. Yeah. Like Brother Rich said, it just seemed like it, God was saying, you're not going down there. Yeah. You're not going down there. You come back up, and it passed over. Yeah. And that's when it passed over us as Amen. well. So Amen. Amen. That's right. That's the work of God. That's right. That's God hearing and answering our prayer. That's God for uh, being there with us. Said that, uh, he would be our strength. He'd be our refuge. Our refuge he'd be our shelter, Brother Tony. And our very praise and help in time of trouble. In time of trouble. All upon us a great time. The storm went on by. Amen. And he done beyond that. He took, kept the storm off of all of y'all up there. In That's right. I tell you what, 
that's the way God works. And I, I see it. Uh, people may call me crazy, but I know who's doing that. I know yeah. who's doing it. It's the mighty hand of God. And I got to give him praise and glory that's right. and honor for it tonight. That's right. Well, amen. You know, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that uh, God intervenes in those situations. Whenever his child, he says, if you'll call out unto me, that I'll hear your prayers. And it says the prayers of a righteous man avail much. So that means a righteous man or a righteous woman, whenever you pray, he's sitting there, he's listening to your prayers. He's, he hears your prayers. You don't have to speak to him loud. You don't have to holler at him. All you do is just make your request known. And I tell you what, we've already seen it twice already. He's done that. That tornado was on the ground and was tracking it towards, and that thing just lifted up, lifted up and went over. Again, the other day, it's, it's, like, it's like they're just targeting Bamanette, targeting, targeting that area. They're just running upside the interstates. What the last few storms that, that have produced tornadoes, it's, it's strange that, that, that you know, it's a pad like that, but that's the way it is. It's been twice already that uh we've we've dodged uh tornadoes but uh that just shows the hand the hand of god he's got that force field around you he'll put a force he'll put a hedge of protection around you it says the enemy will fire those fiery darts at it but they can't pierce can't not pierce that force field that he'll put around you he'll do that if you call upon you uh no matter what time of the day is no matter what time of the night you call upon his name he will intervene in your situation any other spoken requests Remember Brooke. Yep. 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 Uh, if no other spoken requests, uh, unspoken requests by the raising of your hands, I tell you, let's stand and get a hold of God and invite him into this service tonight. Well, amen. So while you're standing, if you'll just grab that red back hymnal, I think there should be one in front of you. Or if not, look at the pew in front of you. Grab one of those, and we're going to sing a hymnal out of the, together out of, out of that red back.
you tonight, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You know, what else, what other situations can you think of where you can take something crimson red and wash a person and make them come out white as snow? You know, that's what, that's what he says he does with our sins. He washes our sins. He washes our sins away with his red blood and turns us white as snow. Y'all worship with Brother Rick tonight. He's going to sing for us tonight. Thank you, Lord. Like a prodigal son I wandered in darkness The clutches of Satan Clung to my soul My sins were so many My burden was heavy But when I touched Jesus He made me whole I pressed through the crowd Reached out and touched Jesus The sweet Holy Spirit Took control of my soul I knew I was saved My sins all forgiven But when I touched Jesus, He made me whole. Like the woman who tried so many positions, but when she touched Jesus, she was healed on that day My sickness was different My sins were so many But when I touched Jesus He washed them away Pressed through the crowd, reached out and touched Jesus, the sweet Holy Spirit took control of my soul. My sins all forgiven But when I touched Jesus He made me whole But when I touched Jesus He made me Jesus it made him whole 
You know, it reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. You know, it said that the place was packed with people. She had the issue of blood, and she nobody else could help her. That's what the word says. It said that she knew one person that could. It says that she she fought through the crowd. She pushed her way. She pushed her way. She knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she knew that she'd be made whole. I don't know how many of you that has ever been in that dire of a situation. You know, I've been in that dire of a situation, and uh, some of you probably have too. Um, when you know something's got to intervene, something's got to happen, or you might not be with us any longer. You know, whenever that situation is, you, you, you have it's like you're on a mission. You know that you got to get some help. You know that if God don't intervene, that you might have seen your last day. Well, I've been right there. I've been in that situation just like that woman with the issue of blood was. You know, and the Word says that whenever she pressed through into that crowd, into the multitude, said as Jesus passed by, he said he, he felt virtue leave from his body. That's what the Word says. says he turned around and he said, Who touched me? And the disciples said, Master, what do you mean, who touched you? He said, who touched you? Who touched me? I felt virtue leave from my body whenever they touched you. And his disciples said, Master, there's potentially thousands of people here. You know, we don't know who touched you. And I think he saw the little woman right there. And uh, he said, woman, he said, he said, go and you're, you're uh, you know, and you, you be healed is what he said. And he healed her right then on the spot. And she, you know, she had an issue of blood. It said that she, she had had it for a long time and nobody was able to help her. You know, whenever you get into that situation and you get into that dire need, you need to press on through. Press on through that crowd. Press on through your situation. Get to where you can get some help. And sometimes all that is is just standing still. Just stand still and raise your hands. And the Lord will meet you halfway. He'll meet you right there. He's met me in a hospital bed before. He's met me in a trauma room before. He's met me in a crash vehicle before. He's met me at the side of a, of a bed with my child burning up with a fever. He's met me before with my grandchild laying locked up in a, in a, uh, in a seizure due to high fever. And he's intervened in each and every one of those situations. So don't tell me tonight that he can't intervene in your situation because he sure can if you'll just press through. Just press through and believe upon his name. He can do anything, and you can do anything through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Y'all continue to worship. I think Sister Brendan and Sister Trina is going to sing a song tonight. Or Brother Jimmy. Brother Jimmy's going to sing. I think Brother Jimmy's going to sing. Come on, Jimmy. Put you on the spot. What number you got picked out there, Jimbo? 169. 169. Y'all get that book out and y'all help him. You might think it's easy to stand up here and sing in front of people and even speak in front of people, but I tell you, it takes a lot for somebody to stand up. We appreciate Jimmy. We appreciate him uh, at least making an effort to worship our Lord. Jesus, G chord, use it.
That should be all our prayers right there is let my light be a light unto this old this old dark and, and gloomy world. You know, it says our God is the God of light. It said he is the God of light. You know, he says everything that's done in the dark will will come to the light one day. It will come to the light. It will come to the light for sure. Gonna sing another one tonight? Uh Sister Brenda, Sister Trina, I think is gonna sing one. Y'all continue to worship with us tonight. I feel the spirit of the Lord here. I appreciate God. I thank Him for His many blessings on me. And truly, He does take time out for us when we need Him. He formed the hills and valleys. He hung the stars that shine. And we Thousand hills of God so great. 
like I said, he takes time out to hear us when we pray. Like I said, the word says that the, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So if your sins are covered under the blood tonight, and you're a believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then you are a righteous person, as righteous as we can be. You know, the word also says that our righteousness is as of filthy rags as unto the Lord. You know, we, we didn't deserve uh, His grace. We still don't deserve His grace, but... But truly, but truly, he, he shared it with us, and he bestowed it upon us. And thank God for his grace. Thank God for his saving grace. Thank God for his healing powers. Thank God for his touch on all of our lives. Right. I want you to raise your hands tonight. I want you to you ask the Lord to, to preach his servant tonight. We have Brother Tony coming forth for his message tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you'll just touch Brother Tony right now, Lord God. Lord, your word's already anointed. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Good to have everybody in the service with us. And uh, amen. Just thank God for the opportunity to be in his house. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I consider it a privilege every time I can stand, amen, in God's house and worship him and praise him and uh, thank him, amen, in those t uh, couple months or uh, two and a half months, whatever it was that we we had the doors closed basically because of the COVID issue and the things that are going on. Uh, Brother Bubba, it makes you appreciate God's house, amen, when you're, when you're able to come back and be in his house. And I, I thank you for the opportunity uh, that we have and uh, uh, to be here tonight. Glad you're here. And uh, I'm going to get right on into the message um, tonight. The title of this message tonight is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. No, it's not, it's not that... Uh, widget gidget you got for Father's Day or your birthday or whatever it was last Christmas um, really that uh, I'm not talking about any of those things really it's kind of a play on words a little bit tonight the gift that keeps on giving uh, we're going to study through Second uh, Corinthians chapters number eight and nine so if you have your Bibles uh, turn to the book of Second Corinthians uh, we're going to pick up start off here in, in chapter number Eight, and uh, we'll eventually make it over to chapter number nine. We're not going to go through the whole uh, of both of those chapters, but we're going to do a pretty good um, chunk of it uh, uh, to get the message and the point across tonight. But uh, I want to pick up uh, kind of some background, if I can, real quickly, just kind of set the foundation uh, for what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, one of the one of the most important things in Paul's ministry, uh, we know the Apostle Paul. He wrote. Uh, 12, 13, 14, they all say something a little different. Uh, books of the, of the New Testament, majority there, the New Testament, as far as number of books are concerned. And uh, uh, we get a lot of our theology and uh, we get a lot of our doctrine and teaching and those kind of things from Paul. He's very practical. Uh, he he kind of gave us the meaning behind it and then kind of said, this is how it applies to your life uh, on a daily basis. And so we get a lot of that from Paul. But one of the, one of the things that we, we, we may overlook um, in, in thinking about Paul, uh, one of the most important things in his life was, uh, especially early on, was a, uh, a collection that he was planning for the saints in Jerusalem. So uh, there were some things going on. The, the saints in Jerusalem, the, the ones that had converted over from uh, Judaism to Christianity, uh, they're relatively new in their faith and things are, are taking place in Jerusalem. Rome is still in control uh, there's persecution, there's famine, there's all these things that are going on uh, 
uh, in and around them. And because of that, the saints in Jerusalem were in desperate need. They, they were in financial need. They needed something uh, financially. And so Paul took it upon himself uh, to, to take up a collection uh, and for these saints in Jerusalem. In fact, if you read uh, Galatians chapter number 2, verse 10, the Bible says uh, there, uh, Paul speaking there says that he, when he met Peter, James, and John, uh, the apostles there in Jerusalem, one of the things that they told him to do, they said, remember the poor. Uh, remember the poor among you. And Paul says he was eager to do it uh, in Galatians 2.10. And so uh, this became a very important part of, of uh, Paul's life. And so and this collection became uh, extremely important in his ministry. In fact, uh, one writer uh, writing about these chapters uh, said something along the lines of the, this collection really became the crown jewel uh, of, of Paul's ministry. He spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on it. And we, we get that uh, from these couple chapters here. So, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Ain't that just like the devil? I ain't a problem with my voice all day. It's all right. We'll give it a second. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. We're going to pick up reading uh, there in verse number 1. Like I said, we're going to read through a lot of this, uh, not all of it. And I'm kind of following through this. It might be a little different tonight, but uh, maybe a little more teaching than preaching. Uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll find some spots in here to preach as well, uh, the Word of God. But I want to pick up in verse number 1 in chapter number 8. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So um, what he's saying here is we want you to know, want you to understand uh, something about the grace of God uh, in this. Thank you so much. Uh, about the grace of God that was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. So what you understand, too, is is picture where um, he's writing to, to the Corinthians who are in Corinth. Corinth is in uh, a province called Achaia. Achaia uh, is in the south of what we know today as Greece. Macedonia is the northern half then uh, of Greece. So they're in the same area. Macedonia will be where places are uh, like Berea and Thessalonica and those kind of churches that we hear about, read about in the Word of God as well. But uh, he said, I want you to know about the grace of God that was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Verse 2. How then in a great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now that's a, that's a mouthful uh, in the King James Version there. But basically what he's saying is uh, the Macedonians, those that are in Macedonia there, uh, they were in great trial of affliction. Uh, they, they had things going on in their life. There were problems. There were issues. There were troubles. And in fact, they were in deep poverty. I mean, they were in need themselves as well. Uh, but, but Paul says in here that they abounded into the riches of their liberality. In other words, their generosity uh, wasn't matched by their, by their need. They went above and beyond that. In fact, verse 3 goes on and says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power... They were willing of themselves. In other words, they kind of took a step beyond, above uh, what they were really called upon to do here. In verse number 4, he says, Praying with us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. In other words, Paul says, I didn't have to ask these people to do anything. 
In fact, they were begging me, the entreaty was to me, they were begging me to be able to participate in this collection. And so uh, he's given them here this example of the Macedonians to try to uh, encourage and try to exhort the Corinthians here uh, to be a participator in this uh, collection he's going to continue on to talk about here. Verse 5 he says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and unto us, by the will of God. In other words, all of this was being done because of the Word of God and because of the grace of God uh, that He had placed upon uh, their lives. And so Paul wanted the Corinthians to know what grace that God had bestowed upon these in Macedonia because of their willingness to help the needs of the saints that were in Jerusalem. Uh, The churches in Macedonia, as we talked about, were much poorer than those in Corinth. Uh, But the Macedonians gave above and beyond their means. And as we said, Paul didn't even have to ask, right? They were begging him to be able to give uh, toward this. And so uh, as we kind of look at it uh, uh, tonight, what I want to kind of get from this section of Scripture is this. God's grace extended to us should motivate us to extend His grace then to others. That's really the first point I want to try to get across to us. It's not about what you give, and it's not about how much you give, and it's not about uh, the dollar sign that's in front of it. It's about uh, what comes from the heart. That's really what it's about, and it's about the motive of the heart, and that's what we're going to try to get into uh, a little bit tonight. I remember back, somebody mentioned this, and I don't know where it was. Maybe it was Brother Bo. I don't remember where I heard this uh, recently, but uh, they gave a story that that Jesus... uh, uh, talked about with his disciples there. He saw the, all the people coming in and they were all dumping the money in the, in the treasury as they came in the temple there. And there was one, uh, one lady there that uh, she came in and she gave two mites, two little copper coins. It was like, you know, two pennies or something like that, you know, maybe a couple dollars to us today. It wasn't a whole lot of money. Uh, but Jesus marveled, he said, at her because uh, she gave not out of, uh, of her riches, out of her abundance, but she gave uh, out of her poverty. She gave out, that was really all she had. She gave everything that she she had, amen, to the Lord. And I believe that's what he's calling us to do, amen. It's not about the amount. It's not about, amen, what it is. It's about, amen, giving ourselves completely and totally unto God, amen, and giving all we have, amen. Let's pick up again at verse number six. Let's read down six through eight. Insomuch that we desire Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and in utterance and in knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. So Paul says, uh, as they abound in the gifts of faith and utterance, which we could say is tongues, uh, and, and prophecy, and maybe all those kind of things, and knowledge, and in love, they should also abound in this grace of giving. Uh, that this is an important thing, just like some of these other things are. And uh, uh, he kind of gives this example here, and we think about it. Uh, we as Christians, especially Pentecostals and uh, uh, Charismatics and whatever other term you want to place on us sometimes, we, we tend to focus, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we tend to focus more on the outward sign things, uh, on things like prophecy and tongues and interpretation and, and healings and miracles and all those things. And uh, we can read about them in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verses 8 through 10. There's a list of them there. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, 
tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But he goes on, Paul even in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, down in verse 28, he, he makes another list there. He says apostles and prophets and teachers and miracles and healings and helps and governments and, and diversities of tongues. All of these things are gifts of the Spirit and, and that, that want to operate in and through the church. And in fact, he goes on in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11. He said there's, there's some that are apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. But he even takes another step in Romans chapter number 12. And I want to stop and look at this, these couple verses, 6 through 8 here. Real quickly, in fact, I'm going to flip over there so I can read it. Romans chapter uh, number 12, verses 6 through 8 says this. Having then gifts... Differing according to the grace that is given to us. If it's prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or if it's ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, on teaching. Verse 8, or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, with diligence. He that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. In other words, he says, there's all kind of gifts of the Spirit. There's all kind of operations and, and, and ways that God wants to work in and through us, through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And for some of us, maybe that is pastor and teacher and evangelist and prophet and, and these things. Maybe God does want to use us in, in the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation or the gift of miracles and the gift of healing, all those things. Certainly God does. He wants those things working in and operating in the church. But there's some other things here in the Word of God that, I mean, we don't need to neglect as well. There's some other gifts and some other things that, I mean, maybe there's some people out there that says, well, you know, I've never really been one to, I mean, God's never really used me in those ways and those other ways and tongues and interpretations and prophecy. I'm just, I mean, it's never, never really been a way that God has used me in my life. But maybe there's some other things and some other ways that God is wanting to work in your life and some things he's wanting to do. And maybe some of these lists of things that we're talking about tonight are some of those things God wants to do in your life. But tonight what we're going to specifically talk about is this idea of the gift of giving. The gift of giving. So uh, I, want to, I, want to know, I want you to know this tonight. God has delivered to each one of us a measure of faith. And there are many ways that we can serve him. Uh, no, matter what it, no matter what it is, uh, and, and it can be in any number of ways. I've seen God work uh, through people who, um, you know, normally in a church service or whatever, they wouldn't say three words, you know what I mean? They wouldn't, they're not wanting to get up in front of people and sing. They're not going to get up and talk in front of people. They're just not good at doing those kind of things. But I've seen God use those same kind of people with those kind of humble, quiet spirits, amen, to, amen, to reach out to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, to help somebody out in a time of need. Uh, and maybe that's what God is wanting to do in some of our lives as well. Point number three is this. I'm going to look at the example of Jesus Christ in verse number 9. I'm going to move quickly through this first chapter. I'm going to try to so I don't get bogged down here. Verse number 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now that verse right there is packed. That verse right there is packed. 
As Brother Aldi said this morning, you take that one thought, that one verse right there, and that's a message. That's a sermon right there in and of itself. He says, I want you to know about the grace of God. And really in these first few verses in chapter number 8, that's really been his emphasis and his focus is the word grace. You notice how many times now grace has been repeated over and over and over again. He's talking about the grace of God in here, and he's talking about the grace that's been given to us, and he's talking about also the grace then that we've received, that we take that grace then and we pour it out into other people. We don't just hoard it to ourselves, Brother Bubba. We don't build bigger barns to put our grace in. Uh, and just like, uh, man, as we talked about this morning in the Sunday school class. Uh, amen. We don't build bigger barns and hoard everything up for ourselves because, uh, as Brother Aldi taught us this morning, uh, God was going to say one day, Thou fool, amen. Well, where, who is all this stuff going to be? Because you've, you've built all this stuff up for yourself, but you could have been reaching out to others. And so that's kind of the point he's trying to get across here. But he, he makes this example of Jesus Christ. And he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. What is he talking about there? He's talking about, amen, as Jesus Christ imagined before his incarnation, amen, seated at the right hand of God in heaven, amen, the throne above, amen, King of kings, Lord of lords, amen, the God of all the heavens and the earth, the creator, the sustainer of everything out there, amen. He left all of that for me and you to come down here in the form of a servant, in the form of human flesh, uh, so that he could hang and die on an old rugged cross, uh, amen, so that through his poverty, and laying aside, amen, his right, amen, and, and coming down in the form of, amen, humanity and taking on that human nature in addition to his divine nature, that we could be rich by receiving the grace of God. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. And I want to think about this. God is a giver, isn't he? He really is. God is a giver. Amen. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. God's a giver. Amen. And because God has given us so much by his grace, we should desire to have the mind of Christ and share his grace with others. I thank God that he's a giver. Amen today. Amen. He amen. He he has given me so much in my life. I mean, I could sit here all night long and testify about the goodness and the grace and the love and the mercy of God and the way that he's touched my life so many times and been there with me. Amen. And I thank God. Amen. And I I know I gotta balance this argument tonight as well. Some of you out there may be already thinking it. I know what Job said. Amen. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God's a giver. Amen. Sometimes he takes away. We had three gentlemen hey, recently that were taken out of this world. And there's some parents out there and family members out there. Amen. That are hurting and, and uh, uh, they're in need of prayer and lifting up and uh, uh, encouragement and all those kind of things. I know he's the God. Amen. That gives and he's the God that takes away. But I'm so glad. Amen. Tonight that he's the God that gave his only begotten son. Amen. To die on the rugged cross for me. Amen. Verses 10 through 12. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. So I'll stop there just for a second and understand what's taking place here and kind of give you the, the background of what's ha really happening here, why Paul is having to write this. And you really got to back way up. If you read Corinthians, both 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you'll notice some things are going on here. This is one of the most... Uh, the the book is, books of Corinthians are some of the most personal writing that Paul gives in the Bible. He, he, really, uh, he really speaks a lot from the heart in these two books. And he seems to have had, 
kind of a unique relationship with this church in Corinth. Uh, he helped establish this church. He was there, and, and they loved him. But it seemed like there were some people that came in the church at some point in time that tried to turn the people in Corinth away from Paul and tried to tell them, uh, Paul's not teaching you the right thing. You need to turn away from Paul. And, and, they, and they, they, that influence had an effect on the relationship between Paul and the Corinthians. And so what had happened a year ago, Paul had begun this idea of this collection. So he's been working on this thing for at least a year. Uh, this is very, very important to Paul. And so when he had talked to the Corinthians a year ago, they were all eager and they were all excited about this, this collection and they were ready to, to give. And they were like, man, what can we do? I mean, where do I sign up? Let me sign the form back there on the bulletin board. You know, let me get, I want to be a part of this. But there seems to be a problem here that's taking place. He says, you know, here's my advice for this. is expedient to you. Have begun, you've begun before. Not only to do, but to be forward a year ago. But verse 11, now therefore perform the doing of it. So in other words, in this year that's been going on, the Corinthians haven't been doing anything. They've not been giving toward the collection. If you uh, go back really to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, Paul gives some very specific directions on what they're supposed to do. He said, man, on the first day of the week, uh, take up the money, collect it, put it, in a, put it somewhere, put it away, set it aside. Uh, so that when I come and, and I'm ready to receive the collection, I mean, you don't have to run around going, you know, well, we've got to get some stuff together and we've got to get the collection plate and pass it around. It'll already be there, right? It's, it'll already be prepared. But what Paul is saying is you've not been ready. You've not been performing what you said you were going to do. Back in verse 11, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be a first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So this is this commitment that they have made, and so we know that they're not, something had hindered them. Whatever it was, maybe it was their relationship with Paul was strained, and so they said, you know, we're just not going to do this thing anymore. Maybe there were some other things going on uh, in their lives as well, but Paul is trying to encourage them to get rid of all of the hindrances and finish what they started. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I think we need some encouragement. I mean, if we'll be honest with ourselves as Christians, uh, I mean, sometimes we start out well. I mean, we begin well. Uh, I mean, as the Bible says, well, what did hinder you, I mean, from continuing on? Maybe there are some hindrances in our lives, some things that, I mean, have come in the way of what God has tried to do in our lives, amen, and we've allowed some things uh, that we signed up for, for God, amen, years ago and said, God, I'll do this, and God, I'll be that, and, and God, I'll do this for the ministry, and I'll, I'll help in this way, amen, and something, amen, has hindered us, uh, amen, from finishing and accomplishing what God wants to do in our lives, and Paul is saying here, get rid of all that, finish it, finish what God has started in your life. I remember I've, I probably told this story before, but amen, I was... Uh, uh, I was in high school. It was probably my sophomore year uh, of high school. It was at Ernest Ward Elementary, uh, Ernest Ward High School. It was middle school and high school together there. But uh, I was at Ernest Ward there. I was on the track team, and uh, and uh, for some reason that year, brother Bubba, the uh, the coach had decided. Uh, uh, previous to that, I, I run like the mile, the two mile, and did cross country stuff, long distance stuff. You know, real slow, and then just stead, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, for some reason, I guess, uh, I guess because of my height, I mean, coach decided it was going to be a good idea to, to make me run the hurdles. And so uh, we began to practice and begin to do that and uh, begin to work on it. And I wasn't very good at it at all. Amen. And I uh, had some other friends and had a cousin who was, who was a lot better at it than I was. But I gave it my best shot. And uh, 
I just kind of uh, went through, but I had to run the hurdles, and I still had to do the long jump, and I still had to do the mile, and sometimes the two mile if there wasn't enough people there to do all the stuff, and so uh, I didn't always give it, give it 100%, Brother Kevin, you know what I'm talking about, amen, because I was, you know, if you trip over one of them hurdles, it's as back then it was asphalt, they probably got all kind of other surfaces down there now, amen, but it wasn't a fun experience if you tripped over one of those hurdles in a, in a race, and so uh, I went out in this one particular race, and I never will forget the heat I was in. Uh, I was on the inside lane, if you know anything about track, and they stagger the start I mean, because of the length of the race. And this was called the 330 Intermediate Hurdles. And so they were, they were a little bit shorter, but they, it was a longer race. It was basically almost one lap around the track, a little less than one lap around the track. And I was in this particular heat with uh, two guys from Pensacola Christian High School. And these guys from Pensacola Christian High School were anything but Christian. <laughs> I can tell you that, amen, they had mouths like sailors, amen, and they were, they were cussing and fussing and, and telling me how sorry and low down I was, and we were just, you know, just uh, poor old farming rednecks from uh, Walnut Hill, Florida, where in the world is that, you know, they were just talking bad about us and, and all those kind of things, and I didn't say a whole lot because I was out there by myself and, and uh, out there on the track, and uh, we're getting ready for this heat, and uh, they're just, you know what I'm talking about, they're just mouthing off, Brother Rick, just keep going. Uh, and, I, and I made up in my mind at that point, Brother Kevin, I'm going to give this race everything I got. I don't care if I got anything left for anything else for the rest of this track meet. Hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it all on the line right here, and I'm going to beat these two fellas. And so the gun, the gun went off, and, and as I said, I was on the inside lane, and it was a staggered start, so I could see those two guys out in front of me. Uh, and you start on a curve, and so um, I'd already made, by the time we made it through that first curve, I'd already made up the stagger. They were beside me. <laughs> Amen. As we went down the straightaway, Brother Kevin, I gave it everything that I got. All of us looking. Actually, the, uh, the Ernest Ward team was down on, on a hill on the backside down there. And when I turned the corner, I could see them. And by the time I made that first corner, Brother Bubba, they, these people are probably thinking, my God, I've never seen him run so fast in my life. And so they start, they jump up and they start cheering. It's like, I mean, this, is, this must be pretty good. So I'm taking off as fast as I can go, amen, and I'm running. Amen, I'm, I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm feeling good about myself, right? And uh, you make the curve, you got to make a curve and come all the way back around, go back to the, uh, to the finish line there. And as I, as I make the curve, man, there in the corner cheering me on, hey, amen, come on, come on, let's go, you know, good job, you know, whatever. And as I come around the curve, Brother Bubba, I realize I come around this way they're just starting on the curve on the other side I blew these guys away at this point amen but the problem was I'd never run this hard my, my life in, in, in this particular event and so by the time I got around amen and I'm coming around to that curve I don't know how many there's there's at least four uh, or so maybe five I can't remember uh, hurdles by that time they're staggered they're closer toward the end of the race than they are at the beginning of the race so as I turned the corner, Brother Rick, I realized something. I have no gas left in the tank. Zero. It's all gone. I could have laid down on that track right there and just pfft, went out. <laughs> I didn't have any more energy left. And I think, you know, my, you could feel the legs begin to, <laughs> begin to stumble a little bit, begin to get weak a little bit, like, almost like jelly or jello, right, down there. They didn't want to move. And the bubba's something happened that moment is um, is I coming around and, and I probably had a, a look on my eye, on my face and my eyes like there's no way I can do that I can't finish this race and my coach saw it and he he was a loud he was kind of a loud guy but uh, he didn't always do this but I guess he saw what what was happening and what was going on and he saw there was a decision that was being made in my mind right there I can either start taking off you know letting down a little bit 
and just try to finish the race, you know, or I'm going to just stop and quit, I mean, or whatever the case was. But he saw me. He was all the way on the other side of the track. And he, he ran track at Troy. I think he played football at Troy as well. He came out. I've never seen this guy run so fast in his life. He took off running from the other side of the track. And the whole time, Brother Bubba, he is screaming to the top of his lungs, Don't you quit. And he, come, he got right beside me, Brother Kevin. I'm on the inside lane. And he got right beside me. He come over there, and he is right in my face as I'm running. He says, don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you slow down. Don't you back up. Amen. Keep going. Give it everything that you got. Push to the end. Push to the finish. There's a finish line coming. Don't look back. Uh, hey, don't worry about what's ahead. Just keep going. It's all going to be all right. He kept going on and on and on. And I think, amen, sometimes God is telling us, uh, amen, press on to the finish. Uh, amen. Keep going. Uh, don't give up. Uh, finish what you started. Amen. Do what God has called you to do in your life. Amen. He'll do it. Point number five, the purpose of giving is not hardship on anyone, but equality among the brethren. Verses 13 through 15, same chapter. For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. So Paul tells the Corinthians here that God does not expect them to give everything they have in this particular case, right? Uh, so that they are without. The goal here is equality. In other words, the Corinthians at this point have excess. They've got money. If you read about the Corinthians, they were, they were well off. They were financially well off. And there were some other people, uh, actually there were some neighbors that they had, the Macedonians, that really needed some help financially. But even more so, these saints in Jerusalem needed help. And, and Paul is saying, you know, I'm not trying to ask you to stretch yourself beyond uh, what you're capable of doing here. But he said, I'm asking you just to give uh, what God has blessed you with and share that with them so that in due time, there could be some things that they share with you, that there be equality, that there just be uh, kind of a back and forth. It's not like uh, that, that you're going to give them money and now they owe you something, but it's going to be, uh, it's not, uh, we, we learned about this phrase, right? With our president. It's not quid pro quo, right? Where, where I do something and then, and then I expect you to do something in return. But God said by his grace, I mean, when we do something, when we reach out, when we help people, I mean, his grace will turn back around and benefit and bless us, amen, as well. And I, that's what he's trying to get across cross here to them today but uh, he says you know I'm not really asking you to give above and beyond although we read about it at the beginning the Bible says the Macedonians did they gave above that what they were able to give so the grace of God enabled the Macedonians to give what they gave dollar amount wise what the Macedonians gave may have been a whole lot less than what the Corinthians were capable of giving but it's back to the the story of the woman with the two mice it wasn't about the amount it's about the heart. It's about what, what God was trying to do in their lives. Amen. Sometimes, though, here's what I want to get, get across to us. Sometimes God will stretch your faith by asking you to give above what you think you are capable of. Has anybody ever had that happen? Has God ever done that to you? He's done that to me. I've given you all examples before. Amen. But God has, has stretched my faith sometimes. He's asked me to give and to do more sometimes than what I feel like I'm, I'm capable of doing. However, you can be sure that if God calls you to do something, He will equip you to accomplish it. 
don't have to worry about it. You say, well, I don't, I don't have, hey amen, God, you're asking me to give this. I, I don't have that. Hey amen, if God is truly telling you to give, whatever it is, let me stop here and say it doesn't have to be money. It could be. A lot of times it is. It could be your time. It could be a word of encouragement to somebody. It could be love. It could be compassion. It could be help, amen, going and, and helping somebody, uh, whatever the case may be, it, reaching out to somebody in love and showing the grace of God to somebody else. I mean, no matter what it is, sometimes God may stretch us beyond our ability and call us to do more. I'm telling you, every time he's ever done that in my life, when I stepped out by faith and did what God said do, he never left me to fall on my face. He always equipped me to accomplish what I needed. If I didn't have, I gave you an example one time before. Tapta said, we're going to give money to somebody. God's told me to give this amount of money to somebody in the church. Uh, and I said, well, I don't even know if we got that much in the bank account. But, uh, amen, after, after wrestling with the Lord for a few minutes there, it was like, you know what? Amen, give, and God's going to take it. And he did. God took care of our needs. Amen, he, he, he never let the bank account go to zero. Amen, there was always money for gas and money for food and those kind of things. God will take care of us, amen, if we'll be willing to do what he's called us to do. Point number six, I'm not far from done. I've only got seven points. Six, point number six is this, what you sow will determine what you reap. Flip over to chapter number nine, verse six. And if you're wondering what takes place in this intermediate part here that we're skipping over, uh, Paul describes to the Corinthians uh, that he is sending a three-person delegation to Corinth to uh, make preparations for this collection. Paul's going to come. They're going to collect this thing, take it to Jerusalem. He's sending Titus. Uh, and he describes two other brothers that he uh, uh, brothers in Christ that he doesn't name by name, but he says these three gentlemen are going to come. Uh, they're going to make sure that you're prepared and ready uh, for this collection that's going to take place. And so we're going to pick back up uh, in verse number six. We're going to read down through verse number ten. But this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he is purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written... He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So let's go back, uh, look at these verses. And, and what it, Paul is saying here is this, a farmer can only expect to reap in proportion to what is sown. If a farmer sows seed sparingly, He's going to reap sparingly, right? Uh, but if, he, if that farmer sows generously, he can expect to reap generously. It really kind of tie back to the same message as this morning from the Sunday school class as the man who built the barns, uh, the type of crop that he was pulling in. Uh, if he held on to that seed, if he held on to that grain and he stored it up, and didn't sow it, I mean, he's, he's not going to receive a, a big harvest the next time. But if he's generous with that seed in the way that he sows it, he sows that seed out there, I mean, the, the Bible says, and it teaches what Paul is telling us here, he's going to reap bountifully. It's going to be in a proportion to what he does. And so uh, God does, does not want us, here's the spiritual application, he doesn't want us to give sparingly or reluctantly. He wants us to give generously 
and cheerfully. And notice he says here, we, we quote this verse a lot, and this is the story where it comes from. God loves a cheerful giver, right? If we're giving out of, um, um, you know, we feel like we have to, it's an obligation. Oh, my gosh, i got to pay my tithes again this week? Really? What? Um, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know God's going to bless that. Uh, amen. The way that he does, if we just give it, amen, out of the abundance of our heart and said, you know, this, belong, this belongs to you, Lord. There's going to be great miracles and, and things that are done and taken care of, amen, because I'm giving to the church and, and the church is going to continue on. Amen. It all comes down to, amen, the heart, amen, that we're giving out of. The reaping is not, only, not always this for that, right? We talked about this. It's not a quid pro quo arrangement. Uh, that's not why we give. I, I don't give to the Lord, give him my time, or give him my money, or give him those things. I don't give to the Lord because I'm just sitting back there waiting to go, okay, God, come on, blessings, come on, send them on. Amen. That's not why we do it. That shouldn't be the motivation. If that's the motivation of your heart, it's wrong. And if that's the motivation of your heart, I'll just go ahead and say this plainly, God won't bless it. He's not going to bless it. Amen. And so uh, you won't see Brother Bubba or me or anybody else uh, stand behind this pulpit and go, you know, if you'll sow a thousand seed faith into this ministry right now, God's going to turn it around and he'll double it and multiply it and multiply it by seven and it'll come back into your bank. And, uh, he might. He could. Amen. But there ain't no good. That's, that's not why we do it. That should be the motivation of my heart. Amen. And he's going to talk about this a little bit uh, in this. The purpose of our giving is not with the intention that we receive in return. Look, look at what he says here. The purpose uh, of, of our giving uh, is that, verse number 8, the end of that verse, and all things may abound to every good work. So what, what Paul is really saying here is when I give, whether it's financially, and this is the example that he's using here, I give financially to the work of God or to somebody individually or whatever the case may be, whether that's my time, whatever you want to say. I should not expect God to write me a check and repay me for what I did with interest. That's not how God works. What he says here is that the blessings, I think it's what he's trying to get across to us and what I want to help to get across to you tonight. I think what Paul is saying here is that the blessings of God that will come if we give of our time, we give of our money, we give of our resources, we give of ourselves to the work of the Lord, God will bless us. There's no doubt about it. What he's saying is, it's not always going to come back in dollars and cents. And it's not always going to come back in a way that you think. It could. But what he's saying is, it's going to come back to you in a way that you are then enabled to continue to do good works for the glory of God. And so I believe this, and I know some of y'all may disagree with me. I don't know. It's okay. It's, it's, uh, uh, the Bible says this, uh, I believe, it bears out this tonight. God will bestow more on those who are willing to give it away. I don't know if that makes sense. God will bestow more on those who are willing to give it away. The problem we have in the church, the problem we have in our society today, is the problem of selfishness. If we're not careful, as I said, that can sneak into the church a little bit. Let me back up. That can sneak into the church a lot of bit. <laughs> Let, me just go back. Let me just go ahead and say it. I mean, it could be a problem in church. Selfishness is a huge problem today. And, and, and the 
I keep going back to it, but a lot of it ties into the Sunday school lesson from this morning. Uh, and, and it talked about uh, this, this new idea, you know, that it was really not new, it's been around for a while, but this, this concept of humanism as a religion. And basically, uh, I can do anything that I want to do. I make my own decisions. I make my own rules. I don't have to follow anybody else's rules, God's or anybody else's. Uh, and, and it's really when it all boils down to the root cause of what, what, what that's based out of is selfishness. It's about worshiping and glorifying and lifting up self. And, and it's a problem that we have today. A lot of people, amen, and uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm, I'm, I'll be plain spoken tonight. I mean, these guys that are out there flying in $68 million jets to preach the gospel, that are living in $5 million homes, preaching the gospel. I may be wrong, but I, I think there might be some selfishness going on somewhere in the midst there. There might be a little problem there somewhere, okay? And so... We have to be careful. If, if, if we're not, we can allow selfishness to even creep into the church and allow us uh, or not allow us to operate in the way that God wants us to operate. I mean, if we're thinking about our own self and what, what's at the end of the day is going to come into my pocket or what's going to land at my house or what, I mean, what benefits me or what makes me feel good, and we never stop once to think about somebody else, there may be some selfishness in our heart. Maybe it needs to be rooted out. Because I can tell you, we finish this tonight, I'm going to talk about the mind of Christ, and that is not the mind of Christ. Amen. If there was one person on this planet, amen, who was selfless, it was the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He gave, he gave up everything. He gave it up. All. Amen. He came and died on an old rugged cross and gave us his own life, amen, so that we could have life. Amen. What a wonderful Savior. Amen. I love, I love my Savior. Amen. Tonight. I want, to, I want to think about this too. And as an illustration for this, Luke chapter number 6, verse number 38. I'm going to try to remember this. I think Allie's got it up there. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall all men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. In other words, with the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you again. Uh, by the time you, you just told us it wasn't this for that, but it sounds like what you're saying here. Not necessarily, no. But what he's saying is, if you are selfish and you want to measure out when you give, you want to give just a little bit, don't expect God to come open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you can't contain. Amen. He's going to pour out blessings on people who are willing to give it away, who are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to take the blessings that God has given me, and I'm going to use it in a way that's going to glorify God and it's going to help somebody else into the kingdom of God. I think that's what he's trying to get across to us in this passage. Point number seven. Giving brings glory to God. Verses 11 through 15. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. So I'm going to back up and look at, look at verse number 11. 
being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. What is the ultimate result? What is the ultimate thing? I mean, that all of this that we're talking about tonight in giving and in any ministry, in any, in any uh, operation of the Spirit of God and in the gifts of the Spirit, uh, any of those, the, the, the ultimate result that we should be looking for is that it brings glory to God. Because if it doesn't bring glory to God, it is not of God. I'm going to say that plainly. I've seen a lot of ministries and I've seen a lot of ministers and I've seen a lot of lay people in the church, amen, that uh, um, it is very clear, crystal clear, that their priority in what they are doing is to bring glory to themselves. Selfishness. It's all about selfishness. It really is. And I've seen, I probably shouldn't say this, but I guess I will. I'm, you know, what are you going to do? I've been in church services, Brother Bubba, where I've seen, uh, and we're Pente- I'm Pentecostal. We're Pentecostal, right? Amen. I, I believe in praising God and worshiping God, and I believe sometimes He'll get a hold of us and you'll shout and you'll praise the Lord and you'll, you know, whatever, do it in spirit and in truth. Let me just say that. But I've seen some people. Amen. Supposedly praising and worship God in the middle of a service. Amen. And 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 uh, I don't know if it was the jitterbug uh, uh, or the macarena or what they were doing, but it was some kind of dance move. Uh, amen. And about every three or four seconds into it, they stop and look and see if anybody's looking at them. And then they go back and dance. And then they stop and look and see anybody who's looking at me. And then go back and dance again. Amen. They weren't doing that to glorify God. They're doing that to glorify themselves. They wanted somebody to think they were more spiritual than they really were. Amen. I was sitting in a church service, uh, and uh, I won't mention where, who, when, why, how, any of those kind of things. But I was sitting in a church service, amen, and uh, uh, Tapped and I were there together, and it was going on. And I mean, uh, you could feel the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was moving into place, uh, I, I would say that, amen. Some people got to worshiping and shouting and praising the Lord, and, and uh, you know, whatever, you know, we, we didn't really feel it at the moment, Brother Bubba. We were just kind of going along with, us, with what was happening, the singing that was taking place at that time. But, uh, I mean, there was, a, there was a lady come down, and she began to shout and began to worship and began to holler. She come on down, and she went on down the, the aisle, went down the pews there, and I was sitting on the inside of a pew there, and uh, uh, she was getting uncomfortably close. <laughs> this is way before COVID, but she was still, uncom- it was uncomfortable. And I was sitting on, on, on the inside of this thing, and so I began tapped to sit on this side, and I, I, lean, I started leaning over as far as I could lean over. It's like, uh, I can't get much. You're going to slide over here in a second. Amen. Brother Bubba, she, she continued on shouting and praising the Lord and doing all these things, and the next thing I know, amen, she done tripped and just about fell in my lap. No joke. She tripped, she fell, she didn't, fortunately. <laughs> But she just about fell in my lap. And as soon as she did, she stopped, she got up, and she walked back to the front and sat down. She wasn't doing that to glorify God. She's doing that to glorify herself. Amen. And whatever we do for God, whether it's tongues or whether it's interpretation or whether it's healing or whether it's faith or whether it's miracles or whether uh, it's a word of prophecy or word of knowledge or whether it's giving or whether it's helps or whether it's leading or whether it's government, whatever it is in the church, whatever God is calling us to do, our motivation of our heart must be to bring glory to God. 
It's got to be that. If it's anything else, I mean, you need to look very closely at the motive of your heart because I can guarantee you there's at least a little bit of selfishness down on the inside, I mean, that is, that's coming to the surface. Paul says the Corinthians giving will bring thanksgiving and glory to God. And this giving does several things. I want you to notice this. Uh, it, 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 it not only brings uh, just glory to God, but look at this. Number one, it helps those that are in need. That's, that's what God wants, wants to do. He wants to work through us to do those things, right? Number two, it opens up the door for more blessings for the giver. Because he wants to give to us so that we can continue. If we're going to be the ones to give it away, we, God gives it, amen, and we give it out, amen, and we distribute it, and we, and we do the work of the Lord through that. God's going to continue to give, and God's going to continue to bless us in that way. Number three, it's a witness to others who see God's grace in action. Man, how many times has, has God worked in that way where, amen, you did something for somebody else and God, amen, worked through that, amen, to save some other soul or to, or to bring somebody else to the kingdom of God. Number four, it brings glory to God by all that are involved. Every one of those people, the giver, the receiver, and the observer, all three of those are going to bring glory to God because of what he's done. Amen. And that's the ultimate goal, amen, in it. So here's what I want to say tonight. God's grace is that gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Amen. God's grace given to us. So whatever blessings that I have, Brother Bubba, my bank account, my time, my resources, you know, whatever I'm able to do, that's a blessing from God. It's, a God. it's by God's grace that I have any of those things to begin with. Amen. And then it's also a grace, amen, as we distribute that out, as we give that to others and we share with people that are in need, amen, God, amen, God's grace is extended, amen, beyond that, amen. And then, amen, those that are received are blessed by it as well, amen, that God begins to move through everything that's involved. But if we're in a position, if we're in a, in a state, as we talked about, where we're selfish, we're holding things back and we're not doing what God wants us to do, we're really a bottleneck for the grace of God. Amen. If you're not doing what God has called you to do and you're not using the resources God has given you to their full ability to be able to further the kingdom of God, you are a bottleneck in the kingdom of God. You need to open it up. Amen. Open up your heart. Amen. Let God work through it. God has blessed you in certain areas of your life so that you can be a blessing to others. I believe that. But the Bible preaches this. I preach this. I'll continue to preach this. I don't care if you're the pastor, sister pastor, Sunday school teacher, service leader, uh, song leader, musician. I don't care what your position or role is, all the way down to, you know, the, the newest guy that's just come into the church that's just got saved. Amen. God's got a plan and a purpose, and he's got a reason for your being. <laughs> Amen. Every single one of us. And he's got a job for you to do. I don't know what it is. You know? You should. You should know what that is. If you don't know what that is, seek God. Get in the Word of God. Pray. Ask God to say, what is, what is my, where is my place in the kingdom of God? He'll reveal that to you. But He has put you here in this life to be a blessing to somebody else. It could be on your job. It could be somebody you run into. It could be here at church. I mean, it could just be calling up somebody or texting somebody and say, I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you today. God's laid you on my heart today. You don't know what that's going to do in somebody's life. When we give, we're blessed, the recipient is blessed, and others are witnessed too, and ultimately God is glorified. Amen. And I thank God. Amen. He's done that in my life so many times, and He's blessed us 
um, myself and Tabitha, so many ways that, uh, again, I can't count them all. Uh, and if I were to go back and try to recount them all, we'd be here all night and half of tomorrow, me trying to figure out and remember all the things that God has done in the way he's blessed me and my life and my family. I mean, he's brought us a long ways, Brother Bubba. Uh, and I won't say I've always been perfect. I, I won't say I've always been perfect in this area either. This is one of those things, um, it's, not always, it's, it's not always popular, it's not always comfortable, it's not always easy to hear, you know, somebody, you know, say in the, in the Word of God telling us sometimes uh, you, need to, you need to take a step up, you need to do better in this area uh, of your ministry, but um, sometimes I need to take us to heart because the Bible says it is a two-edged sword. It, it'll cut both ways and, and, and it'll open up our hearts and it'll reveal the, the thoughts and intents that are in our hearts and it'll reveal the true motives that are there. And so sometimes I need the Word of God to remind me I mean, that, uh, I mean, if I'm not careful, Brother Bubba, I can let some of these um, thought patterns and some of these things that are out there in the world sneaking even to my heart, into the church world, and into a Christian's heart. I mean, to say, you know what, I mean, uh, just like you don't have to, Trini and Kevin probably testified to this, some of you other ones couldn't as well, I'm sure. You do not have to teach a kid to be selfish. You don't have to teach them. It's the most amazing thing. It's like as soon as they figure out how to play and how to walk around, how to do stuff, if they get to play with somebody else, that's mine, right? That's, verse eight, that's mine. You can't have it, right? Uh, it, that's that's kind of, I don't know, it's, it seems like to be just in our old sinful nature, I guess, Brother Bubba. Uh, and, and that needs to be rooted out. But sometimes that old sinful nature can want to try to come back in uh, and try to take back over again. And even as our lives as Christians, we don't need to be like the little kid going, that's mine, I'm going to hold on to it, and, and it's just, I'm not going to give it to anybody else. We need to share what God has given with us to everybody that we come in contact with. And again... Maybe it's money. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's other things. Uh, one of the most valuable things that you have is time. One of the most valuable things any of us have is time. Because we're not guaranteed our next second, our next moment. Nobody else is either. I mean, sometimes people just need to hear they're loved and need to hear they're cared about, need to hear that, uh, that somebody's thinking about them. I mean, sometimes that's, that's a bigger help and a bigger gift than anything else that you could ever give in your life. And I want to mention this real quick before I close, because I know this, is all, this always comes up with Bubba. I want to say I thank God for this church, because I believe this is a giving church. I've seen it happen many, many times. I've seen this church give and give and give, and I've seen people give and give and give, and uh, we've had needs before where... Um, you know, we didn't know where's the money going to come from. That's such a large number. We take up an offering by the Bubba, and it's just Amen. it's taken care of. Amen. I've seen God put, I mean, I've seen some, some offerings taken up in this church that were in the thousands, and I thought there's no way that this, this could happen in this one service with just a few people that we got here. But God multiplied it. He did it. And I thank God uh, for this church. I can't tell you, Brother Rufus could tell you where the bank account's at, but it's fine. Bank account's good. God has blessed us. Uh, here at this church, amen, and I thank you for your giving, and, I, and I'm here to tell you, when you give, uh, we don't preach a lot on tithes, but when you give your tithes, and you give your offerings, and you give it out of a, a free will heart, God will bless it every time. He says, bring your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. He said, then try me and see, if I won't open up the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there be not room enough to receive it. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Tonight, I believe you continue to do that. Stand with me tonight if you're able to stand. Thank you for suffering through me, uh, with me through that. Amen. Tonight, but uh, amen. I, I felt like God laid this on my heart to, to share with us, uh, uh, with us tonight that 
Man, don't don't neglect some of the other things. And maybe you're one of those tonight that feels like, you know what? Well, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. I'm not uh, I'm not one that uh, God has used to speak in tongues or interpretations and all these things. And uh, what is my where do I fit in in the kingdom of God? What 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 is what is God's role? What is His plan? What is His purpose for my life? I'm, I want to encourage you tonight. I mean, God's wor- word is full of promises. God's word is full of uh, all kind of things and all kind of gifts and all kind of opportunities. And this church is full of all kind of opportunities and, and ways that you can get involved in the kingdom of God and work for His uh, kingdom and, and, and further the kingdom of God. I mean, there's been uh, there's been programs that have been started that have been stopped. There's been programs that have come and that have gone. Uh, but there's been things that have happened. But I mean, there's always been somebody in there to step in to take up I mean, slacking to do those things. I mean, maybe God is speaking to you to do some things. Maybe God is speaking to you, amen, on some things that God wants to work through you in your life, amen. Don't don't miss those opportunities. Don't say just because, well, that doesn't seem like that's really important. That doesn't seem like that's really, um, you know, uh, on the high list of priority things. Let me tell you something. Some of those things are, are more important than anything else that we can do. Paul even says that, man, tongues, they'll be stilled. Prophecy will cease. There's only there's really one thing that if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can't really read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where he gives a list of all the gifts of the Spirit without reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's the love chapter. All of it, every bit of it, tongues, prophecy, healings, gifts, all these things, worthless without love. Amen. And I just want to get across, amen, to us tonight. Let's reach out and love to those that need it. Amen tonight. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, thank you, praise you, glorify and honor you, God, today. God, for your grace, love, and mercy. God, help me, Lord, tonight uh, to be what you'd have me to be. Help me not, Lord, to, uh, uh, to be selfish with your grace, Lord, not to hoard your grace, Lord, but to uh, be, give it out freely, God, to be look for opportunities, God, and ways, God, God, that I can be used by you. Uh, greater God than I've already been used by you, God, more than I've been used by you in different ways, God, than I'm being used with you right now, God. Help me not to uh, uh, to hoard or selfish, uh, be selfish in these things, God, but help me to give it out freely. You give your grace freely to me. God, help me to, God, give it freely out to those, God, that are in need, God, of it tonight, Lord. We ask you, Lord, God, to touch and bless and move again on all the needs, Lord, tonight. We know there's many, and we ask you, Lord, to touch and bless and move in every heart and every life. Jesus, tonight, we love you and thank you and praise you. Amen. Does anybody need special prayer tonight? Amen. Brother Jimmy does tonight. Amen. Reach your hands. Say amen. Stretch your hands toward Brother Jimmy. Amen. Pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you and praise you tonight again. God, I ask you, Lord, to touch Brother Jimmy, Lord, tonight. God, touch him heart, mind, body, soul, spirit. God, all that he is, Lord, tonight. Father, I ask you, Lord, God, for strength, help, peace in his life. God, I ask you, Lord, to... Uh, Give him exactly what he has need of, Father, in Jesus' precious, holy, wonderful name, God, we ask it. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else tonight? Amen. Brother Kevin. can't outgive God. You could give everything you have. You could go down there to United Bank or to Regions, and you could clean out your bank, and you could give it to this church, and you could give it to the Lord. But our Lord gave His only begotten Son. His only Son. That's what He gave.
for us. He gave it for us. He gave it for me as a sinner. He gave it for you as a sinner. He didn't even, you know, I didn't even know him at the point. I didn't. I, I surely wasn't worthy. But yet and still, he gave his only begotten son for me. He gave him for me. You can't outgive God. You can't. You can't. Uh, Basically, give everything you got. You, you know, he, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna pour out. Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to share comments, prayer requests, or praise reports. Check back soon for additional episodes.